Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. Nothing or double. This knife cuts this ball in half. You have found it. This is You Have Offended This Podcast. We are the biggest, the baddest, and the best martial arts movie podcast kicking around these parts of the internet. My name is Mike McCarran, and with me, as always, is a man who whispers quietly to himself when he's confused about things, Chad Lindsay. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just something, just something I do. <laughs> Keep that, that shit was, in your brainstem was, there, whispering that around. That was distracting. That was distracting. I did not like that in this movie. It, it caught me off guard when it first happened and then it it just does it way too much well that's that's the real problem with it is it's okay to maybe drop in one or two little nuggets of exposition but he is talking to himself a lot and he's whispering and it's it's very distracting um, yeah and i don't know if that was like the choice when they were doing it or at the end of the film they're like man we've got a lot of moments where chuck's on the screen contemplating and nothing's going on uh let's just have him whisper to himself as to what he is thinking because it's uh anyway it's a strange choice but for me this this film like overall i probably was maybe 11 years old down at my friend uh david harris's house and in canada in say 83 or 84 when i would have seen this uh we had that movie channel called um the star channel and yes, yeah. not very many people had that kind of as a cable. Like in the U.S., they had, you know, HBO, the home box office. But in Canada, we had First Choice and we had the Star Channel. They had the Star Channel. And I used to go down there and hang and watch movies. And I actually walked in one day and his dad was watching the Octagon. And it was the final scene. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? What is this glorious fucking masterpiece, Mr. Harris? And, <laughs> and uh, I got to watch a little bit of the film. And then he told us to get out because we were... Screwing with his screwing with his movie watching time, of course. which I can respect as a grown man. Yeah, this. Uh, if you don't know by now, we're we're talking about Chuck Norris in the Octagon. This is the first ninja movie that was sort of a, an actual ninja movie thing. Ninja showed up a couple times before in other movies, but it not in an actual, I guess, a, a main type of role or main adversarial role. So this was the first of the ninja craze of the eighties movies, and. Uh, yeah, the whisper thing, the, the director, Eric Carson, said that he heard this technique used in music. It was called Echoplex, and it has that that resonant repeating and then fading away type of effect of the voice. And he thought that it sounded like thoughts kind of fading away as you thought about them in your brain. And that's why he used it as Chuck's sort of internal voice here. But man, it, it gets it gets distracting. Yeah, yeah, it it really does, and I'm like a huge, huge, huge Chuck Norris fan. This is not uh, this is not one of my top Chuck Norris films. It's got it's kind of got that story structure. Like this came out in 1980, so in a lot of ways, this has got all the vibes of the 70s films. It's not kind of in that 80s action film where I really think that as far as action films goes, I, I think that the 80s perfected the action film. Yeah. In a lot of ways. 
And this movie kind of does the, when you compare it, let's just say, when, like, relatively speaking, the 80s films kind of got to the action a little bit quicker. The pacing was tighter, less exposition, a little bit more one-liners and whatnot. And this film, compared to some of those big 80s films and even Chuck's later films, uh, the pacing's a little on the, on the slow side, to be, to be fair, to be fair to this. It totally is, because it's, like you said, it's 1980, so it's, it really is a 1970s film, and it has that 70s film pacing to it. Yeah. It's slow through the beginning, it really takes its time setting up the action, we don't get a fight for quite a while, and really all the action is at the end, Yeah, where he has to fight the ninjas and, and take out Kyo or Kyo, whatever the guy's name is, and finish off his brother. All the rest of it is kind of set up and set up and set up and set up and set up. So there's a couple punches here and there, but it's it's really it doesn't hold a candle to the the 80s 10 15 minute setup, action scene opening and then every 10 minutes or so you're getting a fight or a gunfight or someone's thrown off a building or something like yeah. the 80s action movies really have that pacing yeah. down to keep your attention and and is sort of the the precursor to the whole you know, I need to be entertained the entire time. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, let's be honest. Our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. And in yeah. some ways, I kind of miss my old attention span because we're just so distracted today. And I think that the movies are suffering as a result because they're 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 streaming. So they're like, no, no, we got to we got to grab these mofos by the balls as soon as they hit there. So they don't hit that back button because people yep. are now actively looking for the out you know if you're watching a movie on streaming you're actively looking in that first 10 15 minutes you know is this something i want to watch because you can hit back as opposed to when we were kids in the 80s we went down to the video store spent an hour and a half picking out the perfect video and then you brought it home and whether it was dog shit or not you basically watched the whole thing because you already rented it you you don't have another choice no you're already committed yeah you're, you're 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 into it at that at that point where you know, today I think movies are suffering a little bit, some of them, uh, because they're they're really trying to jam it all in and, and front load it. Where I really do believe the kind of the '80s really perfected that action film. If you look at a film like Predator, which I consider you know, a perfect film, um, yeah. or even RoboCop, another one that I consider a perfect film. Die Hard, you know, I put in that camp as well. Yeah. They do a really good job at balancing the uh, storytelling with the action and you know this one just takes a while to get into and it's got a couple of meandering points it's like hey let's put a sexy girl whose car broke down and you're just like yeah okay look that's fine if he wants to hook up with chicks you know like do it on your own time chuck like i'm here to, i'm here to i'm here to watch feet see some ass kicked in the air and ass, blood. yeah yeah i want to see asses getting kicked not slapped with your manly hands so you know <laughs> It is what it is, but I, I I had fun going back. But it, but you know, just to reiterate, it's it's not one of my favorite films. It's a it's a little a little slow to get started. It's like you know, starting a cold chainsaw for me. Yeah, yeah, true enough. All right, brother, let's get into this. As always, we would like to thank our patrons, Mike and Mike. Thank you so much for being patrons. You guys rule. If you would like to be a patron, please go to uh, patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Check out the levels of support there. We have ways you can support us starting at just $5 a month, and that gets you full access to the entire podcast on Sunday ahead of everybody else. You don't have to wait for the parts to come out Monday through Friday, and you also don't have to listen to this pitch to get your patronage here. 
If you don't want the recurring bill from Patreon, you can go to our home base on the internet, which is offendedpodcast.com. You can go there, buy a piece of merch, buy something. You can support the podcast that way, and that helps us keep us running over here. Please follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, we are You Have Offended This Podcast. You can follow us there, and that'll uh, let you keep up on what we're doing, what's coming up in the lineup, uh, things coming up for next season. And you can contact us there and get in touch by letting us know what movies you'd like to see come up in upcoming seasons or uh, actors, actresses you like, anything like that. We would love to hear from you. All right, so as we get into this movie, we get the first of the many whispering internal dialogues uh, of Chuck with the real high contrast picture of him and then the terrorists I guess training camp trainees being dropped off at this camp here and ninjas up in the trees yeah like ninjas in the trees with no leaves backlit by the <laughs> pure white sky wearing their black uniforms um, you know again the, not the camouflaged ninjas in this film uh, the ninjas in this film are either really, really easy to spot, but later, later in the film, like at the at the end, in the final act, ninjas are popping out of the shadows, and let's just be fair, uh, they better. did it really, really well. Like, yeah. there's a couple of times where ninjas just popped out, and I'm like, Jesus! Like, they did a really good job uh, at, at parts of this film. And, of course, you got this rogues gallery of these people that are going to a training camp to become mercenaries yeah and they mix them up like you've got cowboys and arabs and black guys and white guys and all these different people guys that are and all, girls and guys and girls they're all they're all showing up and to be fair it's not they're not the exaggerated ragtag motley crew of village people wannabes that we got in like pray for death or something yeah, you're you're spot on there because these guys <laughs> you can you can tell you can tell that they're kind of tropes, but they're not caricatures. Yes. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, it's not a boy band. With those those glued on handlebar mustaches <laughs> or the fucking jock straps on the outside of their fucking pants or cowboy gang. with a fucking feather hanging off it or some yeah, shit like yeah. <laughs> gang makeup put on with fucking lipstick and shit. And then of course we get the shot of uh, from American Ninja. We have Black Star Ninja. Who's, ninja. you know, basically running the camp here. So it's not a bad little setup. And then, of course, we cut to two women pushing a little pram uh, down the sidewalk in front of this mansion. And this guy gets into his Rolls Royce. The baby carriage that they're pushing rolls into the side. And uh, they pull out machine guns and ice everybody. It's actually a good... assassination. And one of them women's not a woman. It's a dude. Yeah. It's a dude in drag, and they tricked him. So it's, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they do the assassination quite easily. They 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 ice that guy pretty easily. Um, yeah, because they don't see it coming, which kind of sets the movie up a little bit. It's it's almost like the opening of Commando, uh, yes, when Bill yeah. Duke and the other guy uh, basically, you know, show up with the garbage truck, uh, you know, with so many pieces of coincidence that need to take place for that assassination to actually work but um <laughs> it's not bad and then we get our first shot of chuck who looks great looks great chuck is there as uh, scott james in here with his his sidekick buddy aj played by art hindle art hindle by the way who was born in halifax and grew really? up in yeah grew up in toronto canadian he's a grace feller. baby he is He's Grace Baby, yeah. just like me. 
yeah, fellow Grace baby. Grew up, uh, grew up in To. He, uh, you know, he's been in a million things. He's, he's got like 184 credits to his name. Homeboy's still acting, doing awesome. Can't, can't complain. I mean, he was in Porky's. We, we mentioned Millennium in one of the last podcasts. He was in a couple episodes of that in '99. Nice. Yeah, doing awesome. So, hooray for Art Hindle. He's in here as, uh, as AJ, and we also get the, the early love interest here of uh, Karen Carlson as Justine, I believe. Yeah. Mm. The ballerina, a dancer, or whatever she is. Yeah, Chuck's a bit of a Chuck's a bit of a bit of a smooth customer here, but he's also uh, he also plays it pretty uh, conservatively with the ladies in this film. Like he's he does. He's very much a gentleman. He's the anti Seagal, to be perfectly frank here. <laughs> he's the anti Seagal. He's almost the anti James Bond. Where yeah, you know, he, he's, he's yeah. dressed in the tuxedo, and James Bond would have taken that girl right off the stage and be like, "Whoa, there's a couch right here. Do you want to do it?" <laughs> Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And Chuck just lets her take his arm, and they stroll off. So they stroll off, and he's he's nice. Actually, you know, I really love Chuck Norris. Like, I love him as an actor, but I love him as a as a man. I mentioned a few previous podcasts that you know, in high school, I read his autobiography and really got a good glimpse into who he is as a person and what he's done in his life with the military and his martial arts training. Like, I I just really really respect the guy a lot. Yeah, he's a cool guy. And I'm sure that, that part of that anti-James Bond thing was probably him. Oh, I would say. Influencing the character and being like, no, I'm not going to have sex with like three different girls in one film. Like, that's stupid. Oh, yeah. And it would go against him. He's a good guy and a martial artist, and that's that's his role. So we do get the cut there to Tadashi Yamashita. He's playing Sekura here, who we find out later in the film is Chuck's sort of half-brother. Yeah. And uh, they say... He says to his sort of number two, go kill the family. And we don't know at this point who the, the family is, but people are now being sent off to kill somebody's family somewhere in horrific detail. And then we cut back to Chuck and and, uh, and Justine here having a chat at the restaurant post-dance recital. Yeah, and Chuck, uh, she's drinking a margarita and Chuck's not drinking at all. And several times throughout the film, he says he doesn't drink alcohol. Yeah, that's his like a lot of his own personality kind of filters down into most of the characters that he plays. Yes, but he looks he looks cool, man. His mustache is on point on um, fleek. His mustache on fleek, as, <laughs> as they said back in as 2012 the... or whatever year, <laughs> whatever year that phrase that was popular came out. But we get more of the uh, the whisper thing here as he comes in. Somebody's in here. I don't know what's going yeah. on. Why are they? Who's talking yeah. to me? He's totally then, whispering. He's like, somebody's here. <laughs> um, it's it's bizarre. It is bizarre. The girl, Justine, gets killed here, and Chuck takes out a couple of ninjas. He had three or four of them. He's just laying the pain down on these guys. But it's dark in this apartment. You can't see. Yeah, it's it's difficult to, uh, to see the action, but... Chuck kind of manhandles her a little bit because as soon as the ninjas pop out, yes, he yeah. pushes her. He pushes her down to the floor and just says, "Stay there, right?" Like he's trying, yeah. to, uh, which is smart. And uh, it's when she gets up and runs away, she actually gets stabbed. And yeah. Chuck's wrestling around with the ninjas. It's it's all right. It's not honestly. It looks like it looks a little bit more of what like a realistic tussle would be like because it's not super clean and and whatnot like there's it's a little dirty but the best part of it is when a ninja's kind of choking chuck he pushes him back and does a hop inside kick and <laughs> yeah. kicks the ninjas through these garden doors and it looks i 
think he might have just actually kicked him through the garden doors. I think he probably did because the the stunt team is basically his brother and uh, his his brother and uh, Richard Norton and a couple of guys that are just Chuck's boys who will just fucking do anything for him. So a lot of the time they would just put a chest plate on and say, "Just kick me," and they'd go flying. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good kick. Like it's 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 a solid kick. And then Chuck goes upstairs, and the rest of them, the rest of the, her family, are all slaughtered all over are the floor. Super slaughtered. And we get and, Chuck uh, doing more of his whisper talk. More of the whisper. What's I don't know what's happening. And uh, we get the cut back to the trap door here, the 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 uh, recruitment camp, the mercenary camp here, and what what Tadashi Yamajita and his second in command is there. Plus, you get a good shot of Gerald Okamura in the background there. Yeah, you do shows up but he asks one guy to step forward and a fucking trap door in the floor opens up and he just falls <laughs> yeah. through Bloop, yeah, yeah. Fall through. it was that was funny man that was so it was funny. funny and that really comes to the 70s thing because do you remember the 70s trap doors were everything like they trap doors in the thing. floor that was that was a trope that that's gone away that but in the 70s trap doors in the floor were like like it was a fucking huge thing man like it was in a oh, lot yeah. of tv shows they even did it it, it carried on because they did the trope of that in the uh in the 90s in the episode of the simpsons where mr burns hit the button and the trap yes. door opens and the buddy wasn't standing on it and and, uh, and he's just like oh sir we moved your desk last week to clean yeah so <laughs> but they even make fun of it in austin powers yes right? like yes they they, they play a you know, humorous take on that where they dump Mufasa backwards into the pit, right? Yeah, the tra- trap door was a thing. I I wish more people that should come back. The trap door in the, the trap floor dope. would be great to bring that back, man. If you look quickly and very carefully when that guy does go down in the trap door, though, and the the door is shut back up, you can see a hand pushing the door back up, like a <laughs> yeah, yeah. one of the person's hand from underneath. It's kind of funny. And then the guy, the the second in command, says, "Expect the unexpected." I expected yes. the fucking guy from Fatal Deviation to jump yes. out. Expect the unexpected. I started, <laughs> I started laughing because he just says, "Expect the unexpected." But essentially, we get the understanding at this moment where Black Star Ninja uh, essentially says, "You don't talk." About- <laughs> We're just going to call him Black Star Ninja, yes. are we? <laughs> I am. I am going to call him Black Star Ninja because it's 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 an honor to die at his hand. Um, Fair enough. And yeah. he basically says, "If you give up this location, if you talk to anybody about." our secret organization of mercenary finishing school. Uh, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill your whole family. We're going to kill your brother, sister, dog, school yeah. teachers, and, and all that shit. So it basically sets up that the kill the family uh, order is if you leak any information, which was cool. That was very cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And uh, they cut now to the, the flashback of young Chuck and his brother, who is Sakura, who is Black Star Ninja, doing a little fight here. And... Chuck, young Chuck gets kind of the best of him, but the dad runs out, and the dad is the master from American Ninja. Yeah, John Fujioka, uh, Isawa, the teacher. So they get a little sorted out there of like Chuck is seemingly better than his brother, even though he's not Asian. Oh my God, holy cow! And now we get the introduction of Lee Van Cleef coming out as uh, McCarn, and that's a guy that Chuck works with. First of all, this guy is like one of the ultimate. Like, if you were to talk about film and television, he's such a badass. He's a bad motherfucker. Just amazing. Just amazing. Do you remember that he had a TV show called The Master? The Master, you know, yeah. Fuck he was yeah. in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. He's just he's just a guy that has just this intensity to him. And he's great. He's great 
a great addition to this film. He really is, man. Lee Van Cleef is iconic, and he plays this character, and it's nice to see him as a good guy. Yeah. You know, he's he's a, you know, an iconic villain through many, many movies, but it's nice to see him hanging with Chuck here and, and being a good guy, so... It was a nice turn, and it was cool to see him and, and get to uh, get to check him out. But then we get a cool cut here after this scene to AJ outside this tournament here, and we get Ernie Hudson coming yeah, in. Yeah, it's Ghostbuster always Ernie scene. Hudson. Yeah, I remember we were watching for the first time. We were watching uh, The Crow the, with Brandon yes. Lee, and Ernie Hudson shows up, and you were like, "Hey, it's Ernie Hudson!" <laughs> like you always you're always excited. Like Ernie Hudson. He's he's not that leading man. He's always like a good secondary character. Yep. And but every time you see him, you're like you're really happy. You're like you're really excited. You're like, oh my god, it's Ernie Hudson. It's uh, it's pretty great. It's always an hey, there he is kind of a moment. Yeah. You know, I like seeing yeah, just him. Just like cool, an old man. like an old buddy. Yeah, he's uh, he's cool to see. He's not in this very much, but it's nice to to see. And he's a you know he looks great. This is a young early picture for him, and. Uh, it's nice that they put him in here. And then we cut to the terrorist camp, and we get our first look at the sort of, uh, I'm going to say, strong man for the terrorist camp, Kayo, the, the ninja Kayo. Yeah, dude, but he is, like, using a katana and slicing ripe cantaloupes. Yeah. And everybody's impressed. They're like, oh, my God. And then and then he takes a sigh, and he drives the sigh into an overly ripe cantaloupe because you can basically see the juices dripping and it's like dude i can i can fucking do that with my pinky like it's not it's not impressive at all like at all i'll tell you he has one of the most impressive moves i've ever seen later in the film with the sigh but that is not one of them no that is that is not one of them at all like you know like if he if he used the sigh and, you know, if we're going with the fruit and vegetable theme, like, you know, like a <laughs> fucking, like, acorn squash. Because, you know, like, yeah. those are so goddamn hard and the sigh would probably bounce off of it. I'd be like, oh, fucking yeah. acorn squash. That's that's somewhat impressive. But Toss no, it into the air and fucking... stab it out of the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, like, that would be somewhat impressive. But it's, like, everybody's just like, holy fuck, I hope we learn that move. And it's like, dude, you could do that right now. Like, literally yeah, you, right You now. could literally do yeah. It's like when your karate instructor breaks, like, a half-inch kiln-dried pine board. Yeah. You're like, ooh, that's crazy. Really? Like, that, any, I, a child could Any of that. them could have done it with the fucking butt end of the sigh. Like, slowly pushed <laughs> right. it in. <laughs> <laughs> this is really soft. Quiet! <laughs> Quiet! <laughs> and that concludes part one of the podcast. Come back tomorrow for part two, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for three, four, and the exciting conclusion, part five. If you would like to get the full podcasts again, go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast to become a patron. For as low as $5 a month, you can get all of our full podcasts on Sunday night before everybody else. If you don't want to do that, you can go to offendedpodcast.com and you can buy some merchandise there. That'll give us a little bit of a help and it'll also give you something cool to rep the podcast that you know you love. You can also follow us on our social media. So go to Twitter at YHOTP, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can just search You Have Offended This Podcast. Leave us your film recommendations there. Anything you want to see, we are open to as long as it has kick and punching and some violence. So we'd love to hear from you. Please engage with us. Please leave us a review anywhere you download your podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. If you could, please also recommend us to your friends, family, loved ones, hated ones. We will take recommendations anywhere we can get them. 
Thanks once again for listening, and You Have Offended This Podcast will be back in your ears soon.